0: Legacy found. Welcome to Video Gameography, the number one video game history podcast in the world, most likely. I'm Marcus Stewart, and I'm
1: Ben Reeves. Am I supposed to say that? <laughs> yes. Hey, congrats on hitting number one already, Marcus. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just they. I thought it'd be a lot harder, but. If, Apparently not.
0: The competition just couldn't stand up. It seems, and we're not alone. We are joined by a very special guest, uh, former Game Informer intern Odell Harmon Jr.
2: Hello. Hey, hey. How are y'all doing today? How you doing today, Marcus Reeves? Doing pretty well. Oh, me? something else. <laughs>
0: wow. Oh, I'm supposed to keep going? No, I just thought you were going to say something. But... <laughs>
2: it's it's good to see you, Odell. Oh, thank you. It's great to see y'all both. Marcus, it's been a while. Reeves, it's it's been a it's been too long, as they like to say. Yeah, man. You're rocking a beard. I know. I got, got the good old, like, there's no need to look nice
1: for anyone anymore. For the audio only listeners, which is everybody, we're all rocking <laughs> amazing beards.
0: Oh, don't no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're trying to compete with each other. It's uh no shave February, I believe that's what it's called. Uh and yeah, so if this is your first time. Uh, video gameography every season we examine a different franchise in the video game industry and we have been looking at the uncharted series the last few weeks and this is the the end of a season and also just an end of an era in general because for one we are discussing the final game in the uncharted series uncharted lost legacy but for ben reeves this is your final episode because you are leaving game informer for hopefully
1: greener pastures uh yeah well i mean i yeah i don't i try not to think like it's uh the grass is always green on the other side right but you know it's a time for something new and i've enjoyed my time here at gi this podcast especially is one of the things i've enjoyed and i will miss this like this is one of my favorite things to do these days so please 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 invite me back whenever you can i'm happy to be on uh I was, I, when I left, I was almost like, maybe I should just tell Marcus he has to invite me back once per season, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. But please feel free to invite me. But yeah, by the time people are hearing this, I'll be, I'll have started my new gig at Fraxis. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter if you want to pester me. I probably won't and be able to say much. I want to disappoint you, but I already
0: started coming up with ways to big league you and like ignore your emails uh,
1: when you <laughs> ask me on the show. Yeah, I started you. I noticed you had started doing that before I turned in my notice, actually.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I I felt something in the tea leaves, a little tingle yeah. in the back of my neck. It's like, I don't know why I'm starting to feel a little more jerky towards Ben, but it seems like it might be leading to something. And here you go the, the grand crescendo. I was like, wow, Marcus got cooler. He seems seems more yeah. respectable now. <laughs> That's why I grew out the beer. That's uh, right. It's, it's evil. <laughs> so yeah uh we're talking about uncharted lost legacy like i said the final game of the uncharted series uh we talked about uncharted 4 as that was the send-off for nathan drake as well as sort of the main cast but of uh, just a year or so later naughty dog came out with this smaller standalone game that i remember when it was first announced people thought it would be dlc but it is a, a full fledged uncharted game uh starring chloe frazier as well as nadine ross on their own sort of like odd couple buddy
2: adventure odell what's your history with uncharted lost legacy what do you think of it so uh my history i played it when it originally released it came out you know i thought it was cool and i guess one thing it, it, you know it's smaller experience but i think it kind of makes it better than most uncharted's in a way because i especially look at like uncharted 3 where like you're glow popping and doing what feels like random events like, you know, there's the whole ship segment. And it's like, why I'm on a ship? And then, then you're like, I'm no longer on the ship. Don't even know how I got off. It's just like, cool locale, cool place, cool. Locale. But this is like, okay, we're in India. The the progression makes sense. You know, it's a more solid story. You know, I think uh, Uncharted 4, you know, there wasn't anything mystical, but we continue that trend. There's no mystical elements. It's just, you know, a solid story, good gameplay. And, you know, some features I think that if the series wants to continue, they should keep. So I thoroughly enjoy it because I feel like, unlike most Uncharted games, you do things, not Uncharted 2, good package. But especially Uncharted 1 and 3, it's like, it's just your, 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 your little cow hopping. And, you know, the game feels less cohesive in my mind, or it always has felt that way. But this is just, like I said, it's a complete package, if that makes sense, as far as Uncharted goes.
0: Yeah, a lot tighter. And what about you, Ben? You've said uh, repeatedly throughout the series that Uncharted 4 is your favorite in the series. So how did you feel about this sort of, I, I guess, like a direct sequel to it or spinoff to it?
1: Yeah, I think spinoff's good. I I, I like it. I like Lost Legacy. I think it is a weaker experience overall than, than 4, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't say that dismissively. I think I tend to kind of overlook Lost Legacy because it is this smaller title, like literally, like they charge less for it. So they kind of knew they were delivering something that was a little bit more bite-sized, uh, b- but at the same time, uh, is it it's a fun game. I really enjoyed myself. It kind of felt like the cherry on top of a, a, this delicious, awesome Sunday. You know, we just had four amazing, incredible Uncharted games. I wasn't really expecting anything more after four because it felt like it wrapped it up so well. Right. So when they delivered this other thing a year plus later. I I was like, well, what? Great! I, I mean, I can't believe there's more. Like, and so even if it had been a total dud, I I don't think I would have minded too much. I think it would have been just like, great, more Uncharted. And it was it was more of the same in a lot of ways. Uh, there's some good things, but it is if this were a full release, I think one of the weaker entries. But in saying that, you know, it's like man, it's it's the cherry on top of the sundae. It's just kind of more, and and I can't complain
0: yeah absolutely i think i'm i'm with you i i really like lost legacy and it was just another example and i talked about this last week of naughty dog being really good at giving me sequels that i i thought i didn't want or follow-ups because they're so good at tying up their series like uncharted 4 was that where i was like i thought three tied a nice bow on everything and then it was like oh i don't know what you do it for and then it came out i was like oh this was amazing i'm glad this exists <laughs> and last of us 2 was that i was like i don't need a sequel to the last of us Then that came out, and at least I personally enjoyed Last of Us 2. I know it's a polarizing game. And Lost Legacy was the same thing. Of like, oh, I thought we're really still doing another one of these. Okay. Uh, And then playing it. And honestly, it's one of my, it might be number three or maybe even number two in my ranking. Like, uh, Like Uncharted 4 is number one. Two is probably still number two, but Lost Legacy is like right there with it. I really loved it. And one of the things I loved about it, especially coming off of four, was that it is smaller and tighter. Because, like, my one criticism with four is that maybe it's a little too long for its own good and some of those platforms oh, segments. Complaint. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like we talked about how it kind of has that surprise last act at the end of four, right? When you have to go get Drake or get Sam when it seems like it's about to end. Mm. And I remember thinking, like, okay, maybe there's maybe one or two lengthy platforming segments too much in this game. Whereas uh, Lost Legacy kind of boiled it down a bit, focused a lot more on the puzzle solving aspect of Uncharted, which I enjoyed. And I also just like having that spotlight on uh, two other characters that were always part of the supporting cast. So I remember uh, it was in my top 10 of uh, 2017 when it launched. I kind of just ran through it. I loved it. So, yeah. So let's hop right into it. Ben, this is the last time you're going to get to do this. So
1: last time I get to say cast your mind back, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess that is your catchphrase. Give, just whip it out on us. That's right. All right, we're all cast your mind back to 2017, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> August 22nd, 2017 is when Uncharted Lost Legacy came out. Do you guys know a couple other games this year? I feel like it's a super notable year. At least, I don't in think my anything mind. happened in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so that was the year that uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 came out. That was the big, big game of the year. Everybody was loving it. Yeah. Uh, and then when, when people found time for other games, they also played uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, Nier Automata, Cuphead. That was the year that Zero Horizon Dawn came out. The year that hmm. Player Unknown Battlegrounds really started to rank up the charts and went into early access. So it Battle launched Royale the, took off. yeah, it launched the Battle Royale craze, right? And also, it was the year that the Nintendo Switch came out and gave us such hits as Super Mario Odyssey and... Breath of the wild, so yeah. it, was a, it was a big, big year. I remember halfway through the year talking to people in the office, being saying, Man, 2017 needs to slow down. I just <laughs> like, there's like, I love all these games, but man, I need to catch my breath. I think it's, I think it rivals 2010 as the catch best my breath year. of the wild.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Is it, was I too late on that? <laughs> uh, I, I, I can edit it and make it seem a lot snappier. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I well, think 2017 may rival 2010 as the best year of the
2: 2010s. I think it's pretty much those two are 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. And now we got 2022, which is going to be, I don't know, by the end of this year, the best year in gaming
1: ever, or just yeah, the mean, year Elder Ring came out, one of the two. It started strong, <laughs> but I'm looking in the future here, and there's not a whole lot coming out after after April, right? Yeah. At least not yet, least but that's plenty of time for, to announce stuff, But out stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> a lot of lot of uh, supposed dates. But yeah, that's, that's quite a year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it was a great year. First of all, 2017. A couple of films of that year were Star Wars: The Last Jedi, The Fate of the Furious, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Wonder Woman, Lady Bird, Dunkirk. So some solid, fun blockbuster films. Yeah. And a few other. Oh, cast your mind back. Cast I don't that. Yeah. <laughs> cast your mind back to 2017. A few other events. That was the year that North Korea successfully tested an intergalactic ballistic missile. That's not a real sentence, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tongue twister, it turns out. But yeah, isn't that weird that they have that power now? Weird and scary. You think they played Intergalactic by Beastie Boys when they were making that? Exclusively,
2: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was required by law that you woke up to that song every
1: morning. Mm -hmm. It's the only song they have, yeah. That was also the year that the Harvey Weinstein scandal kind of came to light and the rise of the Me Too movement. So... Mm -hmm. Bit of a bummer there. Also, the year that Jodie Whittaker became the first female Doctor Who. So maybe we are making progress as a society.
0: Yeah. Huh. We can do good when we want to, it turns out.
2: Yeah. So it's a year I can tell my grandchildren about. I got you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. When you're world? shoving this... Breath of the
2: Wild in their face. and This is good. You're a huge <laughs> Breath of the Wild fan, I take it, Red Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. You know, the I think... best open world since Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah that makes sense or
0: wait you you know what i mean that's what, that's what breath of the wild two should say on the back <laughs> i'm pretty sure Six it months months will later, honestly hopefully
1: yeah so we can dive into the dev history if you guys want it's i hope this isn't a 20 minute episode because there really isn't that much to dig up about the creation of lost legacy Mm. other than the fact that it was a thing that started as DLC. Part of that is because Naughty Dog was kind of a fine, well-oiled machine at this point. I think they kind of knew how to make an Uncharted game, so it was like, hey, let's just squeeze another one out. Uh, And then part of it, too, is, you know, it was like a year of development, a year and a few months. So it wasn't, I guess there wasn't as much time to decompress. You know, they were just kind of like, here, let's do another one of these. So, yeah, I mean, a year and what? four months maybe after the fact something like that like i remember being surprised that it came out
0: as soon as it did
2: i remember what surprised me was uh they they touted that uncharted 4 is like you know the best looking game that the playstation 4 could ever produce you know and then they produced like another one shortly afterwards i was like oh okay i know you got the same assets but you made it seem like this was something that took like a decade to
1: make (laughs) Well, it I mean, it did look good. It was again, as we said, a cheaper product. So it was what forty dollars of memory serves. So yeah. they kind of understood it was it was not a full, normal adventure. At the same time, it was what eight hours or something. Which, if it had come out ten years earlier, I feel like they would have put it at full price. But good on them for selling it at forty. It reminded me of when the first Last of Us came out. They did a DLC for that that was starring Ellie. It was like her set in the winter where she's caring for Joel. Did you guys play that? Oh, yeah. uh, Left Behind, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did play that. Which is another example of like, what what are you going to add to this story that I'll find meaningful, Naughty Dog? Come on, I dare you. And then it's like, oh, how about this? This is the best DLC ever created. So I think that was what they were planning to do with Lost Legacy. And they... As Kim said last episode, they had paired a couple of different people together. They thought about maybe doing a Sam, uh, Sam story, or maybe a Sully story, Sam and Sully story. They thought about Casey. I I read this somewhere, but I wasn't able to substantiate it. But at one point, they were even considering making just a full on Uncharted five, mm. but probably not starting, not starting Nate because Nate's story is wrapped up. But I don't know how accurate that is. By all accounts, this was a DLC project that ballooned into a full on release. I wonder if they were even considered like doing Drake's Daughter at
0: the end of four or Cassie, if that was ever even seriously considered or written on a board of
1: like, what if? Question, you know, question Mm -hmm. mark. I bet it's a, I bet it is a what if. I would, I'd be all for that in an Uncharted five if they want. I'd also be fine with they just went, you know, in a different direction and introduced us to a, Completely new cast characters, like unrelated to Nathan Drake. Yeah, for sure. Maybe him go to a different time period. Like, what if they went like really full on Indiana Jones and went back to the oh. 40s or something? What if you just played as Sir Francis Drake? Oh, <laughs> an actual ah, piece.
0: Yeah. A good idea. You just play sure. all the adventures that Nate referenced. You see, you get the sail on the
2: ship. It's like Assassin's Creed. There you go. Oh, Uncharted <laughs> or- Origins. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to see the return of all the uh, mystical elements?
0: You see what have to That was like his story, right? He just kept running into different weird things <laughs> and
1: being like, yeah. "Nope." You know what? I think I'd be more excited to see mystical elements in a period piece than a modern day one. Hmm. Am I alone in that? Hmm. I, I, I mean, I guess I don't mind anyway. I, what? Why? What's what's the distinction?
0: Do you just think it's more interesting to have like, I want to say old timey, but some like muskets and. Pirate ships dealing with like monsters than just someone rolling in with a
1: handgun. Yeah, I don't know why that seems fun to me. Uh, I guess I need to like really look inside myself <laughs> and <laughs> try to understand me. My, no, my I'm with you on there. But something about if you're gonna do a historical drama, ah, maybe it's just growing up watching like BBC documentary dramas or something. But historical dramas always felt boring to me. So yeah. you want to inject it with something a little more exciting like dragons or something (laughs) you kind of like what the like the modern assassin's creed games are
0: because like those stop kind of being just straight period pieces and they're like nah like gods and stuff
2: just exist now magic exists uh you know but i feel like uncharted kept it at a like a tasteful level like it's mystic but there's some like oh this makes sense like it's not you know as far as like you know aliens and super technology and voices from the past it's like Here's a plant that's now extinct that caused these things to happen. Here's maybe like a creature that's fantastical, but not, you know, necessarily true fantasy. Like, you know, there's there's like a nice little balance of like, aha, like, oh, I see. Like, I get it. And that's the kind of mystic stuff I like, where there's still some semblance of, ah, this makes sense, or you know, combined with the the period of the time and things that passed, this was like the most fantastical thing a human could do, and it was way beyond this year's. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be fantastic now, but back then, you know, it was mind-blowing. Like, yeah. you know, someone had a cell phone in 1920. Don't 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 know how, but they did. And they used it to, you know, no, you know, I don't know, take over a building. or something. I don't know. I,
1: Ben's the writer here, not me. <laughs> well, it's like if you did a, what, the Yankee and King Arthur's Court story. You know, he went back in time and he didn't have oh, a gun kid with him. And King, 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 kid in King Arthur's Court? Is that what you, the kid's movie? It's no, that, the kid well, wouldn't have I'm, a gun. Wait, would he? I mean, he could. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, that was based on a Mark Twain story called Yankee in King Arthur's Court, right? I did not, but now yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, so I think he had a gun with him in the original story. But if you did that story today, you could, like, he goes back and he has an iPhone with him and how what kind of magic can he convince people he has with this right. iPhone? It's kind of like the oh, Forgotten yeah.
0: City. If you pick the soldier, you can show up with a gun in ancient Rome, and, and you can kind of <laughs> manipulate the systems in a different way because you have a gun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, I did. I just learned something new about Kid and King Arthur's Court, a
1: cinematic classic that no one can stop talking about. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's right up there with uh, I don't know, West Side Story. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So Lost Legacy, it was directed, it was co-directed by Kurt Margenau and Sean Eska. Hope I'm getting those names right. Sean went on to lead up the development of that Avengers game at Crystal Dynamics. Hmm. And Kurt is still at Naughty Dog, I believe. He was one of the leads for uh, Last of Us Part Two. So okay. he keeps keeps doing good work there. And, yeah, they ultimately decided that they wanted to focus on Chloe because they thought she had a more interesting moral compass. She was a little bit less directed than Nathan Drake, yeah, which seems accurate. We talked a lot about, like our love for Chloe already, Odell. but I'd be curious to hear your take on Chloe. Did you like Chloe much before this?
2: So I'm gonna be honest. like Chloe was a hundred percent not on my radar before this. and i don't I don't know if that makes me not a true fan, but she was just kind of like, you know, she was the, I'm the love interest that you're not going to end up with character to me. You know, and mm. like, I get I get the trope, but that's just, since in my mind, since I knew she was never going to be the love interest, you know, I took her like, you know, the Catwoman to the Batman, like, you're going to show up sometimes, you know, you're going to be female fatale and that's it. But, so... I wasn't too thrilled having her being the main protagonist because I was just like, oh, like, how deep is this character going to go? And I was like, oh, so she surprised me. And I like to be surprised. I didn't even know she was half Indian. I don't know if I just missed that throughout the series, like if it was clear to everyone else, but that went over my head. So I was just like, to me, that was the first time I actually got to know the character. Because up until then, she, I'm not saying she didn't have any relevance to the story, but I feel like the way they used her didn't make me... Ever care about her any any real capacity, yeah, like you know, they, it would be like, you know, Nathan, Elena, Sam, Sully, the guy who flew the plane, and then like <laughs> Chloe. Oh, the wow, <laughs> the flew the
0: plane. <laughs> you don't even know his name. He's, a, he's a, <laughs> a higher up the totem pole than Chloe. I mean, Brad yeah. the cameraman from Two. I mean, we, we we put some respect on
2: Jeff the cameraman's name.
1: Oh, but. Jeff. <laughs> no, he's a, he'll always be Brad to me.
2: <laughs> see, like, well, y'all can't even agree on the name. See, I just left the person unnamed. Yeah, I
0: mean, I see what you're saying, Odell, because um, like I love Chloe uh you know two is kind of the game where she's gets a bigger spotlight this is when she's introduced and she's kind of the the devil on nate's shoulder to you know go up against the angel that is elena and in three she has a lot her role is a lot more reduced she's in it for just the, a bit of it uh but i remember when they announced this i i was excited because i was like that because we hadn't seen like her personal side and her personal story before and I was like I like Chloe enough that I think she can carry a game uh the pairing with Nadine was the one where I was like oh okay didn't think they would do that I thought it would just be Chloe by herself I was like but like Nadine was cool in four but again she's the second antagonist and you know she she has like you know she gets time but not as much that you would expect to kind of get her own starring role
1: or I guess yeah. co-starring role in a game yeah, Nadine was interesting too because, and somebody pointed this out, but I kind of forgot that at the end of 4, she, they kind of leave her in a, a weird place in the narrative where she basically abandons, she turns on Wraith, which is cool, but then she abandons Sam, Nate, and Wraith in this ship that's like, she basically locks them in there to die. Yeah, She's like, well, see you guys, you're screwed. And so that's the last place they... That's the last time you see her in four. She just ditches you. Yeah, and you kind of, I kind of, I guess I just kind of overlooked it because, you know, Nate escapes. But she, for all intents and purposes, was trying to kill you. Yeah, no,
2: she definitely left everybody there to die. Like, but not in a, not in a mean way, because technically everybody that she left there was trying to destroy everything she'd done at that point. You know, like, if you looked at it from her perspective, there would be no reason to view nate or sam as a hero or a good guy like from her angle yeah, I mean, like yeah best- Rafe is bad like we get that but it was just like these two jokers are just like you know just as bad they've killed like you know hundreds of my men i stuck Whatever. past all of them so you know, he's mad at me <laughs> but except marcus he,
1: he 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 went the solid snake route
0: yeah i was trying to do my best but you know what can you do
1: so it um, felt like they had a hill to climb with Nadine, I guess is my point, when they brought her yeah. back for this game. And I think they knew that because because their impression was that players, fans of Uncharted didn't really like Nadine that much, probably because she I mean, she was kind of a bad guy. Right. And for it. Mean, and so literally they this, she is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. one of the antagonists, even though you don't like. You know, you don't fight and defeat her at the end. She kind of like says, I'm out of here, which I like. Actually, I like that twist. But uh, anyway, the point is, fan, Naughty Dog felt that fans didn't like her. So they brought her in for this game and it's like, hey, we got we to gotta make her more likable. And that doesn't mean she's suddenly shouting off a lot of jokes, but she was an interesting compliment to, to Chloe because Chloe is fairly, you know, hey, let's, uh, let's just see what happens and kind of like, kind of rolling the dice. Uh, whereas Nadine is very. I get the sense that she's a very structured person. Like, I want to know yeah. the plan going in, and let's do this by the book.
0: Yeah, like that military, because she grew up in a you know military background and running a a mercenary company, a you know, PMC.
2: Yeah, ex-
0: exactly. Like, she's very, <laughs> very disciplined. Very, like you said, to the point the doesn't mess around. Where Chloe, like you said, is um, probably more organized and and like directed than Drake is, but still has that kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens you know more
1: unorthodox in, in her approaches yeah yeah interestingly i found one note here at at one point in development early on they actually felt that the dialogue with her was a little too friendly with like uh, they Chloe? Were a little yeah they were a little too chummy so they had mm-hmm. to create some a little a little bit more tension between the two which surprised me because i thought that would have been like there from the jump because they're such different personalities yeah I wonder what that sounded like. Like, were they just like
0: high fiving each other every two seconds or <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. complimenting each other? Like, hey, you, you,
1: no, no, you rock. You rock. Okay. Yeah. It was like Army of Two. Oh, <laughs> we fist bumping each other and
2: <laughs> going in slow
1: mo battle
2: scenes.
0: Uh, one of the, I don't know if you found anything on this, band, but one of the gameplay improvements with Lost Legacy that I kind of wish was in the other ones was how, because you only play as Chloe. You never play as Nadine. She's an Mm -hmm. AI partner. And I remember being really impressed at how intelligent the AI was for Nadine. Of like, you know, you can kind of let her fight and she'll like take out dudes on her own. Like she, you know, sometimes video game partners pretend that they're contributing, but it's like, I don't (laughs) think they're actually helping me. I think I'm still supposed to like do the heavy lifting here. And uh, the best part is that when you solve puzzles together, she'll like actively solve the puzzle in in a way, I remember I forget which one. It's one of maybe the somewhat early ones where you're like collecting or moving tiles around. It's like a big open area. And you know, like video games train, you like it says that we both have to do it, but I'm going to be doing this. And I'm like, all right, I'm looking around, I'm trying to find like I need all right, I, I move this piece here, I move this piece here. And then like, but you'll hear Nadine like in the distance, like, oh no, I found this one. And she'll like put it where
1: it's supposed to be. And you're like, oh, I guess we're done. Like, oh, you you did this. Yeah. <laughs> That is cool, and that could cut I mean I could that that could maybe cut both ways. Or I remember in the first four games, probably more so three and four, especially, you'd always be with a companion, and which this is helpful, but they would sometimes say oh, hey, here's a crate over here we should look at or, you know, here's a locked door. And be like, yeah, great. I'm going to do that in a minute. I'm going to go over here and find a collectible because I'm playing this like a game. But (laughs) but the game doesn't know what you're doing. The game doesn't know you're looking for collectible. So after a few seconds, they're like, he must be lost. And they're like, what about Nate over here? Look at this. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to that. And it's like, Nate, you idiot. Look over here. It's so. Fine tuning that I'm sure is is hard for a developer. I feel like they and maybe it's what you're saying. I felt that was less of the case in Lost Legacy, but it was probably just that instead of her repeatedly saying the thing, she was just like, I'm just going to do it now. Yeah. Or like not doing puzzle.
0: anything like I'm going to stand here like realistically, you should be helping me, <laughs> but you're not because it's a video game. So like it's kind of nice that you're acting like a real life partner. Like, well, yeah, of course, you're going to try to help me solve this puzzle. It's in our, it's in our, Best interest to
2: get through this together. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, Ford does doesn't have a lot of complaints, but I swear, Sam thought you were the dumbest rock in the shed because you you'd be like literally like not even a full minute into an area, and it's like light shining over here, and it's like, bro, bro I haven't even like looked around. Like yeah. I just
1: existed. Look at all this art you created, Naughty Dog. Don't you want me to look at this instead <laughs> of just march forward? Okay, y'all gonna think I'm crazy for this but one of the features
2: in Lost Legacy that I feel like needs to exist in more games where modern technology exists is, like, I love that Chloe's like, man, this is a legit picture. I'm going to take a picture of this because I'm going to put this on, like, Instagram or Twitter or just have it for my personal collection. I'm like, you know, I would take pictures too. Why not? A city that no one's seen in centuries with three waterfalls coming out of it? A family of elephants? Yeah, like, that's just realistic. I want to take pictures of that. Why, why would I not? Like, just a organic, like, oh, man, look, I scaled the unscalable building. I'm going to snap a photo.
1: I, I just that's, think that's what humans
0: would do. Yeah, I actually forgot that she did that in
1: the game, but yeah. And that should have been worked into the narrative where the bad guys were just following her Instagram account, and that's how you knew <laughs> where to go. <laughs> Chloe, you idiot. This is why Nadine's not on social media. Yeah. So yeah, there's actually a quote from Sean Esca where he talked about they wanted to move away from Drake, which is, I mean, they probably decided before they even really got into 4 very far that they were like, this is going to be the last Nate game, right? So after Uncharted 4 released, Sean said this. He said, the reason we moved away from Drake was that we felt that we wrapped that story up in Uncharted 4 The Thief's End. That was our motivation to find a new cast of characters that could try that could carry on the Uncharted legacy. We wanted to, we wanted something that was fresh and new. And Chloe, being a fan favorite, we thought we'd explore her story. Yeah, like I said on that,
0: on that dartboard of characters that you could explore. I mean, Chloe's, at least in my mind, would be the
1: biggest. That would make sense next yeah. to Sam, next to Sam, who is in this game anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is in this game, which I would love to talk about. I still want the Soli game. I still feel like a young Sully game would have been my number one, but Chloe's got to oh. be up there or I would have taken a Chloe and Cutter game. I think that would have been a fun pair. Oh, yeah. Shout out to yeah. Cutter. Yeah, yeah I good. feel like Cutter didn't get enough time to shine. We still yeah. don't even you know, know if his leg healed up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is he just laying up yeah. in his apartment with a broken <laughs> leg? Permanently injured.
2: Just never heals. I mean, that Chloe would be abandoned just... him right as soon as they got off screen. Yeah. I feel like a Sam game would have been bad. It would have been like, you know, a Street Fighter we're done with Ryu. We're going to make Ken the main guy. It's like, wait, Ken's I, cool, though. I mean, Ken is cool. But my, my point is, as much as they're different, they're, it's like a cop out. It's like, yeah, it's not Nathan. It's his brother that has well, that's like him. I, but I little, a little more saying. crooked.
1: Yeah, I kind of I think I get what you're saying, because Nate or sorry, Sam is a very interesting character, but he's an interesting secondary character. He doesn't seem like the main guy. And I don't know. Is that uh, Part of it's just he's not a super handsome guy, right? <laughs> like, I mean he's that... he, he's like the lesser Drake. And I, I
0: think that was what Naughty Dog was saying. I remember interviews for four where they were describing Sam of like he's the the older brother that's like you know, every if you're an older sibling, you always have the younger sibling that's like a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, uh. a little bit better looking than you.
2: And <laughs> he, Megan... was the, he was the sloppy prototype. And then Nate came around.
1: It's <laughs> like, yeah, hey, let's perfect yeah. it up.
2: Like, exactly. he's not a carbon copy, but like, if you if you made like the the Nathan Drake column in the same the Sam column, they would like share like three things that was different, but the other fifteen points are the same. I mm-hmm. feel like, yeah,
1: clearly he put all his stats in luck. That's why he was in jail. for <laughs> years. Yeah. So I was happy to see Sam in this game, but I was also glad that he wasn't like the main guy. Whereas Chloe is. I kind of get why they went with Chloe, because Chloe is sort of interesting enough where I could see her in the lead and kind of made sense. Yeah, and capable just in a fight and stuff. Yeah, but
0: for sure. I could believe her in a shootout, maybe a little bit more than Sam. Even or so though Sam's Jeff, is... the cameraman. Oh, I mean, they should do a game with Jeff where you're just filming everything from the back. Mm-hmm. Like you're, like you're picture taking ideal, Dale. What if you just had a camera rolling at all
2: times? Yeah, there, there you go. And I mean, games have proven that in the modern era that you can make a game that's just basically that, right?
1: Yeah. Pokemon Snap, but Uncharted. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was a moment, I think it was last episode, where we talked about they joked about crates. They made a joke about crates. Yeah, I Maybe we were confusing it for this game because there's a joke very early on in Lost Legacy where you go to push a crate with Nadine. You, you go to push a crate off an edge... for Nadine to climb up it and the crate falls through the floor and the floor breaks and she falls down a story. You guys remember this? And it's Nadine says something like, Hey, let's avoid crates from now on. And it's a kind of meta joke because it's Naughty Dog saying like, yeah, we get it. We've relied on crates a lot. So we're going to not do that. And then it's cool because that is the only crate in the game. Like you don't do crates after that at all in Lost Legacy.
0: Okay, I was gonna ask. Like, I it's like they actually did <laughs> like pay that off, right? Uh-huh. Um, that's cool, and that's that's smart. Cause, like I said, uh, Lost Legacy is pretty much, um, not even pretty. Much, I think it is the most puzzle focused of all the Un- Uncharted games. So, for them to kind of immediately get rid of the biggest puzzle solving trope early on is kind of exciting. Of like, oh, okay, what else are they gonna create? Cause I remember the puzzles in this game being really elaborate, uh, in a way that almost felt more Tomb Raider than
1: Uncharted. Or- uh, there's there's little... especially that scene where you're in that big underground cavern with the giant. Is it like a Sheva statue? Some kind of statue. It's where is it you're the jumping from hand to hand. Yes. I was gonna... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right after
2: you get to the lost city of whatever it's called in this game because I don't remember. There's the few... lost legacy, the, the the namesake.
0: Yeah. There's a, uh, I mean, they're all named after like different gods. There's like Balur. The two main ones are Ballur and how. Oh boy, how would be do? I hey, hope I said that <laughs> correctly. I apologize if not. But yeah, I, I remember that. And
2: you know, yeah. speaking of the puzzles, like even that's more grounded in this game. Like they're they're believable or more believable than your usual Uncharted puzzle. That's like some super extra convoluted thing that Drake just happens referenced in his notebook. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, 16th century, this, blah, 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 a whole bunch of mumbo jumbo, which I assume to be true. Mm-hmm. But this is more like like thought-wise, like legit, like it seems more believable because we know Chloe's Indian, her father's, you know, the guy that looked at it. These are all things she would naturally know being of the culture and just studied it her whole life. And, you know, it relates to the stories and, you know, who defeated who and things like that. And it's like, and the puzzles kind of reflect that. It's like, okay, this is more believable and not like let's just make up some cool historical mumbo jumbo to why only nathan drake can figure this out in this moment
1: yeah Yeah, those are all good points yeah i kind of think the the last real note i have is that naughty dog just wanted to continue to explore open world segments a little bit so there is a big chunk in this game that's just an open world area yeah and you know four had some of that but this This expanded on it, so it was a larger area and multiple kind of quest points you could hit in any order, which was neat for an Uncharted game, but not super, not super compelling for an open world game, if that makes sense. What did you guys think of that open world section?
0: I liked it. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like changing the game in terms of open world stuff, like you said, but I think it fit what the scope of that game was, Like I remember it was big, but not too big. It didn't really wear out its welcome, especially if you decided to do everything in there, which I did. Um, and it also at least gave me a chance to see Nadine and Chloe interact more. like they're sort of like idle chit chat when you're just walking around and doing stuff because there would be some like little backstory things as they kind of open up to each other a little bit more that i I'm not sure if you will miss all of it if you just didn't spend much time in that area i assumed you would uh but it it was one of the things that i appreciated about it and made spending much time there worthwhile like oh i went into this secret area and they're like having this little conversation that i might have missed otherwise that's pretty cool
2: i mean you're right i mean i keep beating this drum but this game does it better than the other trends it's just it's organic interaction it's like this area could one could argue that area's whole purpose is just to grow nadine's and uh, Chloe's relationship, because, you know, you, you have to drive in the Jeep. So you're going to have to spend, you know, at least X amount of time just moving from point A to point B. So you're going to hear not all of the conversation, but at least enough to where it makes sense. And, you know, you're like, yeah, we're in the jungle. We got to go these things. Here's this, you know, idle chit chat just so I'm just not, you know, driving with no music or anything. And then you solve the puzzles. They say a couple more things. And, you know, once you're done, you know, the bad guys come. But yeah, it's, it's like, and I think Ben, you're right. Like if you're comparing it to open world games, like it clearly is subpar, but for what it was and meant to do as in an Uncharted game, yeah, you know, it was cool. You know, it makes sense. It's, it doesn't, you know, just, you know, suspend
1: disbelief, suspend belief to make you think like, oh man, we're just killing time. Yeah. Yeah. And actually Naughty Dog keeps going back to this idea for some reason, because in Last of Us Part Two, there's the big Seattle section. With Ellie, yeah. that was a big open world, which I think that open world area is more interesting. So I think they're starting to do it even better. Yeah. So I'd be curious to see what they do again next year. Even if they did another Uncharted game, they could take some learnings from Last of Us. So it's interesting. I, I don't necessarily want an Uncharted game that's full open world. But, you know, if you give me more open areas to explore, I'm not against it. If it's done yeah. well. I feel like... I don't think I would say no to like a true open world
0: Uncharted. There's a part of that that is exciting to me of like dropping me in like a gigantic jungle and being told like, hey, here's what here are the clues <laughs> for the thing that you're trying to find, figure it out. And if they almost didn't guide you, if it was almost like in a from software like way of like, I have to actually be Nathan Drake and piece together different things. But like, oh, I think this key leads to uh, something east. I better head east. And like, if it just let me figure that out on my own, that would, to me, that would be exciting. I think I'm a little, um, we were talking about earlier with the Nadine puzzle solving stuff. I, there's a, I'm there's, a little worn out on games that maybe go a little too far in terms of holding your hand and telling you what to do in open world games. Of so like, just let me, give me a second to at least take in the puzzle before you start saying like, hey, you should do that over there. It's like, oh, I, I got this. <laughs> like, I, I know, I, I had it. So like, if they took that route, I would be excited for and, I'll, and also because I've learned my lesson with Naughty Dog because every time I say like, I don't want them to do this and then they do the thing and then I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> so they probably would find a way to make an, an open world game really exciting with either if it's Uncharted The Last of Us or something new.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they would figure it out for sure. There's a section in that area in Uncharted Lost Legacy, that open world area. You can climb to the top of a tower and if you sit around, for long enough uh chloe starts to do yoga poses which is kind of yes. cool yes that's right I think you get an achievement
0: for it or something I did I remember getting that uh yeah. I don't remember why I did because it's like I said it's such an easy thing to miss I was like why did I even just stand there that long was I just really taken in that sight like oh
1: this looks really cool because I don't remember how long it takes before she starts doing it yeah I don't remember either but I feel like it just seems like there should be something up there too because you're like what's at the top here you kind of instinctively want to climb up and there's there's not really anything up there other than just the view and and the yoga poses, I guess. But it is cool, even the animation of it too. Like I don't know, they must have mocapped somebody doing yoga poses because there's a subtle, like, quiver of her muscles. Like she's so it's not it doesn't look super rigid like a perfect yoga. It's like it kind of looks like somebody actually doing it and yeah and. Struggling a little bit, like she hasn't done it in a little while, maybe. Well, I mean, Um, she's she's doing it, and she's doing like amazing yoga poses, and clearly she she knows how to do yoga. I was just saying, like the subtle muscle twitches, yeah, where it's like I'm not at perfect balance, which just adds to the realism, is all I'm trying to get at.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that was actually Claudia Black
2: doing that, maybe. So you know, guys, you know what we really need to happen if uh, Uncharted Five happens. This this is what needs to happen. So it's not Nathan Drake, it's his daughter, new character, whoever. But the mystery, the treasure, is the precursor legacy. That's the, how we bring Jingo it on. Tie it back to
1: Jack and Daxter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, yes, we are. We are looking into the precursor legacy, gotcha. the orbs, the just, the, and that like ah, that'll be like the chef's kiss to the series.
0: See, you, it, you want you want the Jack and Daxter? Because uh, the first episode, Matt Hagelson pitched the Sly Cooper crossover. Where they, where yeah. they just steal stuff together. Maybe this is, we bring it all in. It's like that um what was that uh the trio game with those two in Ratchet and Clank? that was like for PS3? They brought in all three of those mascots for one game. It was like Heroes on the Move, I think it was. I think it was like a PlayStation Move launch title. You guys remember that? Just do uh, that. I vaguely.
2: I, 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 I do not like now, now I need to go look this up. It wasn't. Which like wasn't this the good this or wasn't anything. The <laughs>
1: Smash Brothers. Yeah, this wasn't the Smash Brothers. No, 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 show, no, no. no. Right. Yeah, this is like.
2: I think it was literally called like PlayStation Heroes on the Move. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to Google words, that one. You see, yeah. <laughs> um, but you but you know, in this game, in this how you read the treasure that you find after this grand adventure is like Jack Four, and there, and then you know, then then Jack Four never happens. Okay.
0: By the way, I looked it up. It's PlayStation Move Heroes is what it's called. Ah, But yeah, it's Ratchet, Jack, Sly, their respective sidekicks all in an adventure for PS Move.
2: You know, I honestly forgot PlayStation Move was a thing because PlayStation VR has been with us for so long that I forgot that was like the precursor to that.
1: Yeah, I mean. Heroes (laughs) on the Move, was that the one, the four-player Ratchet and Clank game? That was All for One. All for One. Do you know the the working title for that was... Was Ratchet & Clank 4 play or something like that? Was it really? (laughs) That's no way. The the PS2 era, like innuendo subtitles. Yeah, I think they knew they're like, we can't name it this, but (laughs) we moved on from this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, I kind of wish they did. They should have gone
0: like a Rift Apart should have been Rift You A New One. (laughs) Oh, that would have been good.
1: That sounds like a Jeff Cork headline. <laughs> well, uh before we <laughs> jump into maybe the narrative, there was one other thing I was curious we didn't really talk about last episode, but when you know regarding Nadine Ross and the voice actress Laura Bailey, there was like uh, some controversy that came up because Laura Bailey's a white woman and she's playing a person of color and so we actually talked to Laura Bailey this might have been a year or two ago, and she was like, yeah, when I was." When I was cast, like, I knew she was South African, but I didn't know her skin color. I just kind of assumed she would kind of look like me. Uh, but she got some heat for playing a person of color. It's like people of color should probably deserve those roles. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting that also I don't remember the criticism for uh, Chloe because Claudia Black is, I believe she's Australian, but it's like a Jewish Jewish heritage. So... I don't know. Maybe it's just a different time and place.
0: Yeah. That's always a, a tricky and touchy subject. Right. I, I do remember that controversy at the time. Not that you bring it up. Um, I remember at least personally, in my opinion, it was like a thing of like, it didn't like bother me. And it's weird. Cause it's like, this wasn't that long ago, but this has become a much bigger uh, talking point uh, now than even it was in 2017. <laughs> um I think i mean overall her performance is great i have no like i think she did a great job as nadine um and i oh man it's i it's, it's a tough like something to talk about right yeah it's like she did a great job and she seemed like and it seems like she was more or less oblivious to it based <laughs> on that that quote right that she didn't know the skin color of the character maybe they hadn't even decided yet when she was cast and that all was, was the impression like, i got
1: she saw early art samples that looked Different than the character ended up looking like.
0: Yeah, especially because South Africa has pretty substantial like Caucasian population down there. Yeah, um, so I could see. Well, I would probably think the same thing too if I was there. <laughs> I'm like, well, clearly that's what I'm going to be, right? uh Yeah, I, it's like I don't think it's like a horrible crime that Naughty Dog did or anything like that. Like, how dare they? But it's like a maybe like a Mm -hmm. live and learn thing i don't think they would do it again today or i don't think they have to my knowledge like with the last of us or anything um yeah yeah it's more like a it's weird i don't even want to say be more mindful because i don't know what the decision process was right maybe they were maybe this was (laughs) a big debate in the office right Mm -hmm. uh it's hard to say um what do you think odell
2: yeah okay so I, i i generally like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Unless, you know, I personally know someone I, I can't say what their motives or I wasn't in, you know, the room where it happened. Hamilton reference. But I like to think Naughty Dog is only at fault in the sense that they were setting her up for failure. Like, you know, I, I believe what you said, Reese, she honestly didn't know. So it's like, oh, cool, I got the role. And then that happens and it's like, she's going to get the heat, obviously, where the heat should probably be more placed on Naughty Dog because, you know, They did the casting and stuff. So I feel, you know, like Marcus, like, you know, it's a live and learn situation. And, you know, the world's more mindful now. So, you know, maybe they didn't think it was a big deal, even though it was. And as far as, you know, with um, Chloe's character, like I said, I didn't even know she was Indian like, until this game. Like, I'm not saying they didn't mention that before, but I think you could get away with that. It's like, you know, if an American does a British accent or a British person does an American accent, it's kind of just like, yeah, people do accents, but, you know, clearly with, like, skin tone, race, and culture, that's a more visual, impactful thing that you can see and understand versus just, you know, imitating an accent. So... Right. I I mean, I think it deserves to be talked about just in the sense because it's one of those things like even if you didn't think it was wrong or bad, now you are aware that, you know, the things that it causes by doing that. So, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, it's like a child, not saying that any of them are children, but, you know, children do plenty of things that they don't think about. It could be wrong, but, you know, there was no ill intent. And, you know, you just make it known once it happens, like, hey, this is why we wouldn't. Don't do these things because XYZ happens. Yeah.
0: Like, I don't think Naughty Dog's like racist or anything like that. Yeah. (laughs) Basically.
2: Yeah. Um, But but again, I I still think they set her up for failure. Yeah. They probably
0: (laughs) should have maybe been like either had figured it out before they told her so that she could maybe have a choice to
1: be like, oh, I don't know. Sure. I wasn't even trying to get us lost in, you know, this uh, controversy discussion, but I just thought it was interesting. And one of the interesting things is that this game dives into Indian heritage and Chloe's heritage. So it's just kind of interesting that they're doing that. And then it's it's tough that that is coupled with here's a game with two female peoples of color and they're the primary protagonists like that's pretty cool. Like we don't see a lot of that. So I'm glad we're getting those games, but it sucks that it was kind of coupled with this other stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, well, but they didn't quite do it the right way. And it's like, yeah, I'm not trying to weigh in on that necessarily. But but I guess the, the thing I was curious to get your guys' take on is, did did it make a difference to you that you were playing as a girl in this game? Because that was always been the, for decades, the thing that marketing execs would be like, you know, can't make it a girl because people don't play as girls. Most Most <laughs> games are played by guys and they want to play as a guy. Like... Yeah, I mean, at that
0: point, especially like I that's never bothered me even as a kid. I'm not trying to like brag about like I'm progressive, but it just never I've never had that like girls are lesser even I've never even had the little kid girls have cooties thing. I I don't know why (laughs) that like little boy sentiment never clicked with me. I was just like, oh, girls are girls um at most it was always more like fun and novel because of that of like oh i'm playing as a girl that's cool like we don't get that enough so like that has always been my mindset if it, other either than just not thinking about it at all like not registering especially if it's like a an established character that you're playing as like a chloe of like oh wow i chloe's cool i want to learn more about her and like i don't care that she's a woman <laughs> it's just, like i like the character um but also like, like you said ben like props because of that, of like, yeah, like two women in Starring Role, like
2: awesome, do more of that, you know. Mix the mix yeah. that up. <laughs> you know, I've always wondered, so you know, that's that's what we've always told that the marketing people be like, we wouldn't want to do that. But I'm like, is that true? Because you look at any MMO, there's plenty of men who are women as their avatars, plenty, you know. Yeah, I don't have the number, but it's not uncommon. You know, it's not even in Pokemon games where like there's plenty of male trainers that I know where they choose the female trainer because they have better clothing options or they just think she has a better design. And you know, I even think back to me myself. Like fighting games Chun-Li has always been my Street Fighter character because I thought she looked the coolest. Like, you know, I was never like I'm fighting as a girl. It's like, I mean, Chun-Li is a girl, yes, but I mean, she, she like she does she has the kicking she can turn into a damn helicopter with her legs. Like, <laughs> what, what is not to love about that? And, yeah, so can Yoshi.
1: Yoshi can, Yoshi can turn into a helicopter.
2: Oh, yeah, he can. That's right. Should put them against each other. So, so apparently, yeah. I love Yoshi, so I have a thing for helicopters. I need to look inside myself <laughs> and see what's going on there. Yeah. Have you, you ever on been it. on a helicopter, Odell? I, I've been on it once. I, I went over to the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. No, no, not the Grand Canyon. Um, The Hoover Dam in a the helicopter. There we go. Hold on. Am I sexually attracted to helicopters? <laughs> <laughs> Man, whole... I'm finding out so much about myself. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it never bothered me to answer your question. Like, Yeah, thanks any, for for that.
1: Or... I, I don't know. I always think that's interesting, the topic, and I love to hear what people think.
2: But yeah, it's I mean, kind of like
1: most of the yeah. notes I had for development, if you we want to jump into the story now. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: yeah, this uh it's weird i couldn't find anything like i don't know how long this takes place after four exactly it's it's pretty vague it's not really established um but i i can't imagine it being that far removed like i don't even think it takes place i i assume this takes place before the the epilogue and and four i would imagine at least um but you know it's set in india like we said and what's cool about this game is that pretty much the entire game is set in india it's not really the globe trotting adventure of the other games you just go to different parts of the of the country and uh chloe is trying to find the legendary tusk of ganesh who's of course is a part of the uh, hindu pantheon is the son of shiva and kind of the story is that uh ganesh lost this tusk while defending uh the temple of its father and she she wants it and she's working with nadine on this they're kind of like we mentioned before they're it's a business relationship they're not friends (laughs) um so they're just kind of making it work for that Uh, um we also hear about chloe's father for the first time where apparently he was killed by bandits while he was trying to find his tusk um so again this is like our first real look at like really anything about chloe's
1: past and getting some idea of like why she's the way she is yeah i liked that insight i'm curious if it worked for you guys what i felt like was missing is i feel like we needed a you know uncharted three or four flashback to maybe chloe's a kid or something i think that would have, like i feel like i needed to see her dad she talked about his dad she me she talked about her dad but i didn't i think i would have it would have hit home a little bit harder like oh she lost her father if i actually like saw them interact at all
0: yeah no i agree with that yeah like you she, you get the sense that like okay clearly they were close or like you know it didn't seem like they had like a really bad relationship from what i remember but yeah i felt like you needed like a little bit more to maybe run home like oh this is i mean it's a tragedy but i you want to feel it more right
2: yeah yeah what i thought was interesting is i agree first of all with the you know i needed something more from chloe but i'm glad we got something because like for me she had never been a a character worth remembering based off how they treated her in the the previous titles but I thought um, Nadine's story was interesting in itself, like interesting within itself that like she lost her her private her private military company. She's like forced to be the thing she hates, like these like a ragtag treasure hunter or gun for hire, whatever she considers herself. And you yeah. know, it's almost like the this you know fall from grace story, climb back up for her. And I get it; she's not the main focus of the story, but it's like one of those even the side stories like. I kind of need, I kind of want more from this since you've brought it up and it's like like Shoreline just left you. It was just like, yeah, I ran it. And then they just kind of said, screw me, and here I am. I'm like, I feel like there's
1: more to that. Yeah, that was confusing. Okay, so not to sidetrack us, but just the story as a whole was much more confusing to me. I had trouble following this game narratively, and maybe that was the moment-to-moment I mean, the the voice acting, all that stuff was well done, but I, more than the other Uncharted games, I remember a scene would happen and it would sort of bounce off me and I'd be like, wait, what just happened? It felt like there were, there were things that were not fully communicated to me in terms of, especially with the, the bad guy. I was like, wait, what's his relationship with these people? Like, what is even, it's not really clear what he wants until like the very end of the game. And, you know, something just fell off in most dialogue exchanges.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like, like Azov, the the villain. It's he's almost kind of just there as a means to end up like being like a a bad guy. I mean, he does have a because he's like his plan is that he basically wants to trigger an Indian civil war for his own gain through some pretty messed up means. So it, in a way, he feels maybe the like an actual villain feels like most of the villains just. They're antagonists because they just want the thing that Nate wants and they don't really have grander ambitions other than I want the treasure besides, I guess, Catherine Marlowe, who actually was trying to take over the world (laughs) ostensibly with the weird mind control water. So, you know, Chloe being born in India, it's like that. No, I like like almost like a nationalistic like no we're not gonna gonna let you (laughs) embroil my country in war that's yeah um i think the only other thing mentioned too about chloe's past that we don't hear about is her mom which i couldn't find really anything about her mother other than that like because you know chloe was born in india but her and her mom were apparently sent to australia and lived there for a few years and her father stayed in india because he was chasing the tusk um and that a few weeks after they moved there, um, he sent her to find a Ganesh figurine. And like, you know, it was leading to the city of Ballur. And that at some point along the way, and like I think Chloe said like her father's death happened like a long time ago, like decades maybe even. Um, like her dad's camp got ambushed by bandits, um, because the like his expedition was financed by the Ministry of Culture, which comes back later in this game. Uh and they murdered him. But apparently he wasn't found until, like, weeks later That after he'd been killed. But yeah, I I don't know, like, if Chloe's mom is still alive or not. (laughs) It sounds like maybe she is. Yeah, she's not important to the narrative. (laughs) So she wasn't (laughs) really
2: addressed. Maybe that's the spinoff game, is Chloe and her mom next going on an adventure. (laughs) Re-reminded me of, like, all my forgotten confusion, because now I remember, specifically with the bad guy, they're very candid with each other, like how they know him. And like, it's almost implied that they were both romantically involved with him at two different points in times. And I'm just like, wait, Chloe, Chloe and Yeah. Like Nadine was involved romantically with him at some point. And then Chloe was like, there were clear business partners, but you know, more to it than that. It was kind of like partners with benefits. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good movie title. But <laughs> ashton so you, kutcher in. <laughs> so you replace nate with the bad guy and elaine with nadine and then you know that that's that appears to be the dynamic they were setting up i could be wrong on that but that's how i remember
1: feeling at the time no i mean i definitely got that with nadine for sure yeah like they do
0: establish that there was possibly a romantic thing in their past like they were more than just business partners
1: like uh, you said yeah um, and He's a handsome, rugged-looking guy, so why not? <laughs> the, the, the one he thing would've... that bothered me with Asav is—is is there's a scene that's kind of like a beat-for-beat uh, copy of what they did in Four with Nadine, where it's both Nadine and Chloe trying to fight Asav, and he totally wipes the floor with them because it's like, oh, look how good a fighter he is. But yeah. you're like, you just—you did that with Nadine last time. You established that Nadine is hardcore. Badass. Like she can take two guys. And now you're saying this guy is that much stronger than her. It felt like uh yeah, and Chloe. Yeah, exactly. It felt like the the Dragon Ball Z problem of of this power scaling. Skilling. Like yeah, you gotta keep yeah, power scaling. It's just like these guys are just like punching planets at some point.
0: Yeah. I mean it's off. clearly the beers in this game, and you know yeah. <laughs> at a certain point you just hit your ceiling. Yeah, um, I felt like I had to bring
1: Dragon Ball Z up for once. Yeah. No, that's never
2: not the wrong thing to do. Yeah. I'm glad you did that before you left. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead in the narrative discussion, but this game, the last hour of this game really threw me for a just humongous loop at the end where it's like, okay, you know, we're going to get the treasure. We got the treasure. Oh, you know, historical significance, cultural significance. Oh, what's the point? Is it going to be some, you know, mystical thing? Are we going back to that? And it's like, oh, no, we did all this so we can get a nuke. I'm like, really? That, that's, that's what, okay. The, this, this, this item was going to be traded for a nuclear bomb. That's, I, 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 I guess that's one way to get a nuke. A nuke yeah. that then or, it
1: goes off at the end of the game and it's just like weak ass explosion. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's literally a nuke, but I think it's just a very powerful bomb. They imply like this is going to go off and destroy the city.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
2: definitely that strong. I don't think it was actually. Okay, nuclear. okay, okay. <laughs> a- an atom bomb. How about that? I think that's the same thing. <laughs> oh, a hydrogen bomb. <laughs> well Uh, uh, i don't know the the level of bombs marcus dang why
0: you
1: gotta call me out like super saiyan two bomb clearly um (laughs) well my point was it goes off at the end of the game and it's like it's it's yeah it's it's like a wimpy it looks like it could maybe destroy a city block at best
2: yeah i mean there should have been no way to run away from the explosion it should have been like all encompassing yeah i gotta get you
0: (laughs) i mean yeah like like you said, uh, not to jump too far ahead, but I mean, even like the story's not that long. It's not a long game. And like the middle of it is, you know, the, uh, Chloe and Nadine, uh jumping from temple to temple, solving puzzles, trying to chase down this task. They find a disc that acts as a key. Um, you know, eventually they like, they go to two capitals like I mentioned before. Uh, Hail, Halle <laughs> Again, I, I feel like that's completely wrong. And Belure. Um, they run into Azov a couple times. They they uh, eventually lose the discs to him. Um, but then we get really, at least for me, maybe one of the first big surprises is that when they're spying on this camp, they see Sam there working with uh with Azov as sort of the the expert, so to speak. He's kind of having to try to guide his men. And then this is where uh Chloe admits that because you know Nadine's not happy to see Sam. She wants to kill Sam for. You know everything that happened in four so she's like, she oh, wants to yeah, finished
1: the job because she's <laughs> like, I thought I killed him already. Actually, it left him yeah. for dead in that pirate ship. Yeah, and she's like, I hate that guy, so I'm gonna murk
0: him. And Chloe reveals, like, no, no, no. Here's him and I were actually working together on the tusk before you came along, but he got abducted by Azov. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you any of this, so this kind of uh causes a rift between them. And Nadine actually leaves you for a while before yeah. she eventually
1: wouldn't it have made amends? more sense if Sam was really pissed at Nadine and wanted to kill her because she he was like dude you left me for dead like wouldn't that have made more sense I mean but didn't Sam screw over Nadine before that in 4 look they should both hate each other <laughs> <you>?
2: <laughs> <laughs> they should be <laughs> neutral it's, it's either they should both hate each other or they're just like eh,
1: the hate yeah. should cancel each other out Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they're, they're destined mean- to fall in love I think <laughs> Pretty much. That's
0: all This it, it is. They're going to get married and they're going to have their own kid. And then their kid and Cassie Drake are going to go on an adventure. That's my fan fiction for Uncharted. Uncharted 5, there it is. Um, but yeah, so, you know, they, they break up. They get back together. Um, eventually they get captured again by Asav. And this is kind of where he realizes the, the ruse that Sam has actually been misleading them intentionally this entire time to buy time for Chloe. Um, so then he lumps him with the rest of them he forces chloe to use the disc in the temple to reveal the tusk which he takes um we get like a, a revelation of sorts about like the fiction that Ganash let oh boy parash parashuruma uh allowed this, not even trying not this even deity trying. to cut off his tusk um again this isn't really this is more just like in-game lore has really no bearing on the the current events going on but eh, it was pretty cool and like you mentioned i think before guys that there's really no supernatural elements to this even though it is heavily steeped in hindu mythology so it almost feels like that it they're implying this did happen between like the god stuff or if the people that made the temple just designed it around like all the puzzles around that story uh yeah it's a little vague at least it seemed like
1: that to me yeah, no i, I agree was- with you Oh, yeah, I <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's probably the right call to not include mystical elements in this case, especially when you're dealing with like a real world religion that people still believe in that uh, it could be kind of dicey. If you're, if you're trying to say like, Oh, look, here's this mystical stuff, especially if you were going to write it off as based in science or uh, you yeah. could just feel like you're playing around with somebody's actual religion could come off as like insincere and maybe, you know, dishonorable in some way, you know, it's different when you're talking about Nazis and, like, zombies. Like, that's more, a little more fun. Yeah. Would it be, not to say that, would it be any worse or
0: or better, I guess, than, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark of, like, that dealing with Christianity with the Ark of the Covenant and
1: then basically saying, like, nope, that that's real. <laughs> this is a real thing that melted everyone's faces off. I guess it depends on how you present it, right? Because the stuff yeah. in Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, that's how the Ark is described in the Bible. And people are like, oh, that's kind of, like, how it was described. So that's cool. But then if you were to say, like, but yeah, that that the thing inside the arc, that's an alien, which they didn't ah. do in the first one. Like that would have been kind of uh, Disrespectful. I think people would have had more of a problem then. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it melted their faces off the way the
0: good book said that it would. <laughs> that's right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like like you said, any anytime you're dealing with something that like, you know, is you know, it's one thing like we're dealing with like a made up culture in a game or based in the game off a real life culture you know, even without a religious context, it's like, well, now you got to be more careful because, I mean, that actually means something to somebody. This isn't just, you know, made up words with made up powers and things. And so I, I do agree that like, you know, the mythical elements, you know, shouldn't have been there. Like the only thing you could really argue is like, did this really happen? Is this real Tusk based off that? And, you know, that's cool. But to me, that makes it even more jarring that they're just like, yeah, holy item, nuclear bomb. A bomb. Bomb of some
1: amount. The whole trading of the tusk for a bomb is just kind of weird in my mind, too. It's like, wait, you wanted this mo- and you traded it for a bomb. Like you can just, just buy it. That's what the tusk is worth. It's worth one bomb. I don't know. It's that is true. It's weird. like
0: his yeah, his entire end game. Like he had no interest in the tusk, or at least at least it seems like not really. And he only wanted it to trade for a bomb. So it was like, was money just not an option? Were you just hard up for cash? And you're like, the only thing that I can, that I can procure that can meet this sticker price is this mystical artifact that may or may not exist. It was a (laughs) money-making
1: scheme for him. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. Like there was no other way to raise money for this. Like you to start a Kickstarter, like, Hey, help crowdfund my attempted civil war. my coup. Yeah. Like any other real other, like I will, I'm going to go find the, uh, coup starter, the, yeah, I'm going to find Noah's Ark and I'm going to sell that thing and I'm going to buy my bomb. That is my, and I, and everyone that I have gotten to follow me agrees that this is a, a logical thing to do.
1: Yeah, that is,
0: I mean, I guess Zav is supposed to be unhinged.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's that, his might be, that might be, that might <laughs> be one of the areas in which like, hey, they were making this game in a year. <laughs> maybe we'll cut them some slack on that one, I guess. I, I guess
2: so. You know, maybe maybe it was meant to be jarring. Maybe they wanted to just be like, they wanted you just to be just like have the most ultimate when the world is going on here like what is life
0: yeah well actually well i think some of it also was that because the tusk is a symbol of india and like i think from what i remember looking at it now it seemed like he was going to use it as a symbol to rally the people to his cause and i think that's kind of the ruse you're led to believe for something that's what you think
1: it's going to be yeah yeah because that would make
0: sense yeah and it's like could he have not still just done that like he didn't even try to do that and maybe maybe bomb is plan b
1: (laughs) 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 they needed a scene where he was like all right we put out the press release and nobody seems to care jerry (laughs) trade this in for a bomb (laughs) blow it up (laughs)
0: <laughs> we tried to do this the the quote-unquote peaceful way you know just bombs always work
2: um, you, you know you think the tussle will be worth more than like just the bomb like he had to provide like the train and all this other convoluted things yeah. i was Maybe just it like all came
0: together it's like a package deal because <laughs> you know you need transport for the bomb it's like a craigslist for like you know you, i i'm also promising transportation for the shelf i'm trying to get rid of um i'll bring it to you but uh yeah it's weird i think the only other big revelation too was that uh so chloe uh or chloe nadine if you remember from four she was the head of her own mercenary group called shoreline and we find out that she's been kicked out of that group after four and that her lieutenant runs it now a a a not cool guy named orca and that orca is working you're telling me he's
1: not cool with those sunglasses
0: (laughs) i mean yeah when he's when you say that they were pretty cool um They are cooler than Azov's normal reading glasses, which I'm always impressed. Anyone that goes into the jungle and does all this stuff with regular glasses, good luck with that. But yeah, his glasses are cool. And, you know, Azov, or Nadine's not happy with that. He feels like it's disgraceful and stuff. And, you know, like, how could she lead my men with this guy? Blah. So that's kind of another incentive for her to uh, take care of business. Pretty much towards the end, everything kind of goes to hell. (laughs) Chloe Nadine, and Sam take down Orca's helicopter at one point. And this is kind of where they find out that the Tusk got traded for the bomb and then he's going to blow up the capital and start a civil war i don't i guess he was gonna i don't know who was off is going to blame it on exactly i guess he was going to blame it on whatever group would make people upset to rally but i think the uh sam winds up saving nadine like we mentioned before that they kind of because orc is going to shoot her he kind of
1: it's their meat cute <laughs> there was the start of something. Yeah, it's their meet cute. <laughs> you know how they meet, and they're like, "Oh,
2: <laughs> is that a
1: term? I've never heard that."
2: <laughs> it's the yeah, in rom-
1: romantic comedies. The meet cute. It's like with the the boy and the girl, or you know, the couple first meet. But they, oh. it's always like in a cutesy way. That's why they call it that. It's a meet cute. Oh, okay. But this is a meat shoot. Oh, hey. oh it's a meet. You know,
2: brother. you know what? I, I realized a I missed the opportunity here. Orca could have been the mystical element for Uncharted. He could have been like part orca whale, and that was just never discussed. Like he shows up, he's like it's orca. Why do they call him that? And then like you see, he's like part orca, and it's just like, oh, he like, yes, like, and then, like they look at him, and then Nadine goes back, and like you can clearly see he's a killer.
0: <laughs> he like sharpens his teeth like he's killer croc or something. No, because killer. He's a killer Cleans, cause, because orcas are killer whales. It's, it's a pun. Yeah. And he goes out of his way to remind people of that. Yes. <laughs> I thought you With weren't his... supposed to
1: call them killer whales anymore, though. I'm, I'm, are, are you not? I don't know. It's something I remember from when I was like, in high school. So Everybody's like, <laughs> I, they're not killer whales. They're or- orcas.
2: <laughs> I apologize to anyone I may have offended. Shamu. Yeah, the Orca community
1: is re-
0: the big <laughs> supporter of our podcast, Odell. Come oh, on. man, I'm about to get yeah. canceled. Orca, so the character sorry. with his WCW Jeff Jarrett sunglasses on. Um, it's a deep cut for everyone. Anyways, yeah, this leads to the last train sequence. Again, we get another train sequence in Uncharted, which is fun. Uh, you know, it had didn't have as much of an impact as Twos, of course, because, you know, it's we've done this already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this train has a bomb on it. It felt
1: like a kind and- of the greatest hits. Like, yeah, we Dog's not, not really good at this, and... Here's more of the thing you want. And it's the, at the climax of the game. So here we go. Yeah, they should just make a train simulator game. They clearly <laughs> understand the tech behind
0: making a good video game train. Just let me just give them the Thomas tank engine
2: license. Oh, man, that might be a little too hardcore for the kiddos. You know,
0: get that dialogue in there. Nolan North voicing Thomas. Why not? Is um, the story
2: going to be we're out to avenge Percy as, as he was gunned down one day? Yeah, meet cute
0: with friends. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, we get our, our two-on-one fight here with Azov apparently being the greatest hand-to-hand combatant on Earth. But, you know, they're they're really just trying to get to the bomb. He's kind of like small pickings at this point. Uh, they eventually switch tracks and redirects the train away from the city. And uh, during the fight, Azov gets his leg trapped under the bomb because that's just how it works when you're a villain. The thing that you yep. want to use always works against you in some way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you, I'm sorry. You gotta die, but it can't be just in like cold blood or something. It has to be yeah. sort of an accident, yeah. And he just assault.
0: can't. Yeah, he just can't shoot you, Ned. You gotta go like action movie. Like he pretty much gets the um the racial Ghoul and Batman Begins death here because they uh you know he's going off a, a cliff and I think Chloe straight up said like you know I'm not gonna kill you but I'm not gonna save you either from what I remember and then flew out of there and then she the, was like it's time to blow this journey. <laughs> Yeah. Like, did she really say that it was a great moment was, uh, i don't nice. think so no i don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't remember her having a quip Azaz, uh, barreling barreling over a cliff and uh, falling to his death and assuming that that didn't kill him the bomb also explodes that's right so
1: but not uh, big
2: enough to please Reeves.
1: no i really i honestly they were building it up they're like this is gonna kill thousands it's mean, gonna start a giant war and then I was like, they are too close to that bomb. They need to start running. And then it went off and I was like, oh, OK, I guess they're fine. It <laughs> fell really
0: deep. It was a really deep cavern. So like, you know, you wanted a mushroom cloud shaped like Azov's head. I don't know. I wanted basically. their shoes to
1: light on fire or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you wanted like the fallout with her, like their skins burning alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, so much for Chloe. It was a fun ride <laughs> when we had it. Somebody got to call her mom in Australia, let her know the bad news. And yeah, so Ozal's gone, and the game ends with Chloe and Nadine sort of agreeing to partner up and stick together, uh, which Sam's not happy with because, especially because uh, Chloe decides not to keep the tusk for herself, but she's gonna donate it to the Ministry of Culture and finishing her dad's mission. Which is a, uh, you know, some good growth for her. I mean, Chloe would be the first person I would be like, yeah, she's gonna keep that, right? Because why wouldn't she? Or sell it or something, but she doesn't. So good for her. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. you go.
1: That is Uncharted Lost Legacy story. This game well, it, had. Then oh, there's were the we're post-credit gonna... scene though, where they have the pizza. Oh,
0: wait, is there really? I don't.
1: I yeah, because there's that girl at the beginning of the game that Chloe's talking to, and she's like. Tell you what, when I come back, we'll have some pizza. Oh, the, the shop merchant, merchant That's that right. tried to steal yeah. the, the Ganesh from her.
0: Yeah, I yeah. forgot about her. I didn't see her in any of the when I was looking up the recaps. But I mean, I don't know if we need to spend time with a little girl. I mean, that was a cute scene in the game, <laughs> seeing Chloe interact with her. But I was hoping we'd talk
1: about it for like 20 minutes. But OK, um, I mean, she's, she's your just favorite these character. Notes away. Yeah,
0: I don't. Do you remember her name?
1: Uh, she That's is what unmamed. I want to talk to you about. <laughs>
0: it's really been bugging me what's what's that girl's name uh yeah i got nothing i literally all the stuff i found didn't even really mention her i mean she's not in born to the plot it's literally just more of a little character building moment i i was
2: like hey Marcus just crush on the little girl
0: i mean she's the jeff the cameraman of this game basically (laughs) but yeah that's uncharted lost legacy this game didn't have a multiplayer mode it turns out you could actually access uncharted 4's multiplayer from this game which makes sense because it would have been barely a year old at this point yeah, it was so. kind of a halo 3 odst situation yeah pretty much this is the odst of halo games right, we've you. reached the odst point yep <laughs> I mean, can't go any higher than that this game came out like i said it was a uh, oh man august 22nd 2017 so really less than a year because what four was like october of last year something like that definitely wasn't summer mm-hmm. um but you know came out got great reviews uh we Game Informer gave it a nine out of ten, oh, ho, ho. which is a good score. And it seems like it sold pretty well. When I mean, I'm looking at it, sold about 23,000 copies on PS4 within the first week, at least in uh, Japan, topped the UK video game sale charts. Uh, and then it wound up selling about like almost $50,000 or 50,000 digital copies within the first uh, month of its release. Um, like I said, it was it seemed like I, I remember. The general reception to this game it seemed like people and i actually want to talk to you guys about this it felt like people liked this game more than four i feel like even a year removed from four in the games media space people started to turn on four a little bit in a way that i remember listening to podcasts like oh re we don't like four anymore or we don't like I, it as much do you remember I that only
1: yeah i only remember that happening when late Lost legacy came out yeah I feel like everybody loved four Kate mm-hmm. legacy came out and they were like oh this is actually better than four like because mm-hmm. four wasn't as good and i was like wait what and then once <laughs> you know and now people talk about four like it's the best thing ever so i don't know what that was that was a weird like blip on the radar for four <laughs> I think it
0: was, I think people kind of took what I complained about and maybe blew it up where I was like, oh, four people were like, oh, it's too long. And Lost Legacy, it feels so much tighter. And I wish most Uncharted games were this, like nice eight hour in and out. You're not climbing on things for 20 minutes where maybe four did too much of that. But yeah, and now, like you said, it seems like we've come around mm. again. We're like, it was like, no, 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 try to forward Masterpiece. And so, nobody seems to talk about mm. Lost Legacy as much now.
2: I don't know. We're roller coaster with those two games <laughs> if, if you think about it so i feel like uncharted's gameplay from two the to f- the lost legacy is the same thing like the gameplay never improves and i'm not saying it's bad but it's more or less the same thing so the only thing that separates uncharted is the moments, and i feel like four may not be the best game but it clearly has the best moments so the only thing i could think of is people where, like, once you got over the moments and you looked at it like as a whole, I guess people were like, oh, well, maybe Uncharted 4 isn't as great as we say it is. But as time goes on, the only thing you can remember about a game is how it made you feel in the moments. Like, you don't necessarily remember the finer details. But since 4's moments were so strong, then when people look back, they're like, okay, I clearly remember 4 being good. But I can't remember Lost Legacy being good because it doesn't have those impactful moments, is my guess. That's just a little yeah. game philosophy. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know what I realized when we were when I was doing the research for this is that it felt like a long wait between three and and four. But that was really f- only five years. I mean, five years is kind of long wait, but, you know, it's how long we've been waiting for Breath of the Wild sequel. So, yada yeah. Yada. Uh, time is relative, but that means that it's been a longer wait now between Lost Legacy and whatever the next Uncharted thing is, presuming there is one. So, like, this is the longest we've waited for an Uncharted game. We're yeah. in uncharted territory, is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> Unless the movie counts, that's a new uncharted thing. Mm. No, I guess real quick because we <laughs> need the chance to talk about this now, and we're at the end of this series anyway. But have you guys seen the movie? And I guess real quick, did you like it? Because I have. seen I haven't movie. seen it yet.
1: I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen it. I'm as big as an uncharted fan. I am. Uh, yeah, have not made the trek out to the theater to go see that. I want to see it because I. I think it looks fun, if nothing else. But I'm curious to hear your take, Marcus.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun. It is, I think it's the definition of average, which is what I kind of expected. It's pretty much just, it is Indiana Jones National Treasure. Like, <laughs> if you've seen them, you know what you're going to get here. Even if you have not played an Uncharted game, it, I don't think this movie is going to surprise you in any way. It's it's that style of movie, which is fine if that's what you want. Um, There's even a little bit of Fast and Furious at the end in terms of just an absurd, like, I in my opinion the ending sequence is the most absurd thing in uncharted like it's wilder than anything that's ever happened in the game so take the thing when you think about what the games have done Uh, to me this was almost like comical of like wow we're really doing this okay (laughs) Um, but i i i I did enjoy it as much for the the dialogue and stuff. And I've said in the other episodes that my favorite thing about Uncharted is the dialogue and the writing and the dynamic and the chemistry between those characters. And I think that like Holland and and Wahlberg, they're good and they have their moments, but it doesn't hold a candle to the the game relationships, uh, which I'm not surprised by. But I, I found myself missing that. Bit and there were times where I kind of had to remind myself that this was uncharted, especially with Mark Wahlberg. Like, I could buy Holland as Drake, more or less, but like I couldn't do it with Mark Wahlberg. Eventually, I had to just tell myself, like, this isn't Sully, this is just Mark Wahlberg being a (laughs) shady, maybe somewhat predatory, (laughs) like thief guy who's recruiting this young person to do crimes, basically. But uh apparently it, uh, performed really well box office wise like i saw sony saying pretty much like oh yeah
1: this is going to be a franchise now mm-hmm. um, oh my yeah it was do- nice to see it perform well if nothing else because you know they'll take another bite at the apple and maybe they'll maybe they'll do even better next time yeah and i will say what i respect about it is that it largely does its own thing
0: it's not a retelling of any of the games it and even the most blatant sort of like references are kind of backloaded surprisingly Like you really don't see a lot of the like oh that's clearly from this game until like the last maybe half hour (laughs) or so so I I do like that about it but I'd say it's a totally respectable first outing and I think they've got at least the foundation for a sequel so compared to in the pantheon of video game movies this is definitely one of the better ones and I think it's totally harmless you know awesome so so yeah that brings an end to this series of uncharted uh, a lot of endings here it's it's kind of sad a little melancholy start wrapping this up ben this is your last show i guess personally speaking thank you for inviting me to do this with you and create this this has been a lot of fun i've loved working with you on the show and at gi as a whole of course uh, yeah anything you want to say i guess
1: thanks yeah i don't really have anything to plug i mean people can continue to follow me on twitter if they want at benjamin Reeves, but. I would say that one of the last things I did, I did write an opinion piece on com. It's why I think we deserve another uncharted game. So if you want to check that out, some of it kind of echoes stuff we've said throughout the series, but you know, yeah, something to check out if you if you're interested. Otherwise, I yeah, I I feel like I've said it all. Like I I've, I've loved this show. I've loved this podcast. It's been such a pleasure to do and I I wish somehow I could keep doing it while I do this other thing. Uh but yeah, I'll, I'll miss it. So Looking forward to seeing what you guys do next.
0: Yeah, There's a part of me that just wants to invite you on the first episode of the next series, so it's like awkward, like, we said goodbye, but our cars are next <laughs> to each other. So we're like, oh, I mean, this how emotional can this be? We're, we're still kind of walking with each other, and we're going to see each other again. Right. Yeah, that but, would be um, fun. You've you've told me what you're doing. Are you sharing with everybody else yet? Yes. So uh, by the time you I always have to think ahead when you're going to listen to this, but uh, the next season, season four... We're gonna be looking at the Bioshock series. Ooh. So, Bioshock One Two and Infinite. I figured with the confirmation of the Netflix movie, you know, it's a good time to talk about this, you know, especially because Bioshock Four, hopefully we live long enough to see that game. <laughs> uh who knows when that comes, but hopefully or maybe doing this season will will it you know, t- will an announcement, like a trailer or something. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. I'll also be having uh, another co-host on, still deciding that, but it will not just be me. So if you hate me, that should be a relief to you. <laughs> um, but other than that, so i look forward to hearing another voice, uh, someone from the office. It'll be great. And yeah, I'm excited to
1: dive into uh, one of my favorite modern franchises, uh, Bioshock. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, nope. I'm jealous. I wish I could be here to talk with, about that with you guys. So it sounds a lot of fun. I'm purposely not going to invite you to any of those. I'm like, not <laughs> like he's that, like, not oh, allowed. I'm going to have my own. This. <laughs> I'll have my own commentary podcast where I just listen to your show and then comment <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> I would like a riff track style commentary on my,
0: my, and you just tell me how horrible I am as a host. Um, So yeah, the Bioshock be next. There may or be a week or two hiatus as a kind of adjust and you know revamp the show i'm going to be uh if you follow us in the game Informer discord i will be in there to kind of gauge see what you guys want what do you like about the show what do you wish was better what would you like to see that we haven't done just trying to like put my own stamp on the show so you know if you're in our discord channel keep an eye out on that channel otherwise gentlemen let's go home uh social media plugs i am at marcus stewart 7
2: on twitter that's number seven i'm still at benjamin reeves on twitter I'm at Oda Harmon Jr. on Twitter. You talk, I talk back. Yeah, and
0: Odell, you know, thank you for coming on. Is there anything else you want to plug about, uh, like, what are you doing right now?
2: Oh, yeah. Thank you again for having me, Reeves. I'm honored to be on your last podcast with GI. You were a great, you know, friend, confidant, mentor while I was there. So
1: I appreciate that. And I wish you all the best. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's why we invited you, because I wanted somebody who would suck up to me when I was. But uh,
2: I have a weekly podcast called Full Circle Podcast. I invite people from all around the industry, both big and small, from one follower to one million. Everybody's there. We have a good time. And I work for Stride PR now, so I don't know. If you're a game dev or you're looking for a PR company to help you out, look at Stride. We Got you. There we go. Keep on striving, right? That's the yeah. cat
0: phrase there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it is now. It is now. Well, thank you for listening, guys. We're going to wrap this up and yeah, tune in uh, next episode where we're going to kick off a new era of video gamography as we explore the first Bioshock. I'll see you then.
2: Uh, I don't know if we say bye. There's always a lighthouse. There is always a lighthouse. Bye.
1: There's multiple exit points there for you, Marcus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like Bioshock, multiple dimensions and timelines and who knows which Yeah, one's cool. the, a good one.